Welcome to Research Uncensored, a podcast by Research FDI, your trusted investment attraction and business intelligence partner. Join me, Bruce Tackethman, and my co-host, Amber Hunter, as we bring you behind the scenes with economic development professionals around the world. We're going to find out the real stories behind the project wins and get to know some of the top players in the game today. We would like to thank the Next Move Group for sponsoring today's podcast. Next Move Group helps small to medium-sized companies, communities, and organizations create economic growth through executive searches that assist economic development organizations with hiring quality EDO professionals. They also provide site selection services to manufacturers, in addition to a suite of products designed to help organizations be successful. Welcome to another episode of Research Uncensored. Joined today by our guest co-host, Adam Solomon. Adam, how you doing? Hey, Bruce. I'm doing well. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me uh, here on the podcast once again. Uh, looking forward to welcoming our guest for today, um, Ryan Kolb with BRF Shreveport uh, out of Louisiana. Uh, Ryan is a young uh, but very, very bright uh, economic development professional. Uh, has made quite a name for himself in the industry uh, in the last few years. And uh, looking forward to having him. Looking forward to having him lend some of his insight about some of the initiatives, some of the processes that his organization, BRF, uh, employs uh, in its business recruitment process. So yeah, looking forward to having him on. I know that uh, you've known Brian, uh, you've known Ryan for a little while, so perhaps can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with him? Yeah, he's a great guy. Honestly, um, it's, I can't even call him an up-and-coming uh, superstar in the industry anymore. He's just a comer. He's, he's, he's arrived. The real, the, he's the real deal. Uh, he just had a uh, baby number two. He had a second daughter. So he's a very busy man these days, but busy recruiting industry and wealth into Shreveport, into the BRF. So let's go ahead and bring him on. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and dial him in. All right. Let's welcome our next guest all the way from Shreveport, Louisiana. Ryan Cole, welcome to the program. How you doing? Hey guys, I am living the dream down here. How are y'all? We are doing great in the, the great white north. It's uh, summertime here, so the weather is great. So we recently heard uh, you had baby number two. I did. I, we, we've welcomed baby number two into the Colp house, and I am um, greatly outnumbered now. I have, I have two daughters. Um, that uh, our, our dog is even a girl. So I am just, you know, holding on for dear life, but but we're loving every minute of it. And uh, I got to say, you talk about the great white north. I did want to mention we're in. We're in a bit of a cold front right now. It's only 93 in Shreveport today. So if you guys come in the summer, make sure to pack your winter coat because it gets pretty chilly down here. <laughs> Very beautiful. Now, let's let's uh, rewind time a little bit and go back to your time as a Mississippi State Bulldog. Talk about your experience uh, going to that school. And also, how did you find yourself getting into economic development? Yeah, totally. I loved Mississippi State. I would talk about our incredibly successful baseball team, except this is a really bad year. Um, to do that. Uh, but I found a kind of a path to economic development really by accident. Um, in college, I was really fortunate to intern for CDF in Tupelo, Mississippi, um, and got to work there with Shane Homan and David Rumbarger, and they have a really great internship program. Um, I really got interested in economic development through the lens of entrepreneurship and shared space and how do we um, provide opportunities for local entrepreneurs, but that internship program really provided me exposure 
to all elements of economic development strategy, from recruitment to existing industry to workforce development to municipal relationships, chamber work, you know, really a broad spectrum of what it means to, to be in this space. And what really stuck with me um, was the recruitment piece from that. And CDF, when I was interning there, was hot off the heels of their Toyota assembly plant win. Um, and so they, they, there were multiple projects that I got to actually participate in. And I was an intern, so I didn't take a huge role, but they did a great job of bringing me in and letting me see what site selection process looks like and how do you identify prospects? How do you work with prospects? How do you um, work through their needs? And uh, I've tried multiple times since to leave economic development, but it's a, a field that just kind of keeps bringing you back. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your time going from a young and up and coming professional to today. Uh, as someone who's generally regarded as one of the top recruiters in the country, can you talk to us a little bit about the process of developing the necessary skills for being an elite business recruiter in the industry? And what advice would you give to aspiring young professionals looking to advance their economic development careers? Yeah, it's really kind. I certainly wouldn't call myself a, a top recruiter. Um, I think i always learning. One of the quotes that I love and we talk a lot on my team is an Albert Einstein quote. And it says, uh, Albert Einstein said, I have no special talents. I am only passionately curious. And um, for us, that's the approach that we take and, and really that skill set that we take to every project because um, all sales, business recruitment and economic development included is, is identifying pain and, and offering a solution um, and offering a solution that meets the needs of what your prospect is looking at. Uh, I think a lot of times if we think back to the last major purchase we made, be it you know a car or um, an appliance, salespeople and myself included love to talk about features first and uh, this, our community is great. We have a new workforce program. We have this incentive that we just laid out. We've got this many college graduates. It's a great place to live, work, and play. You're going to love it. And we start selling before we really take time to understand the pain point and why someone is having a conversation in the first place. Um, and, and so for, for me, that's been the skill that on the sales side and on the recruitment side that's been really helpful is just going into every meeting thinking, you know, I don't really know anything. I just want to understand for your business, what, where are you and, and how can we help you in your process of growth? Um, I, I love getting questions in meetings. And, and one of my favorite questions is when I walk in and someone says, so why should I move to Shreveport? Because I get to say, well, I'm not sure you should, because I don't know what you're looking for. Um, and we get to have, have really candid conversation about that. Um, uh, what advice can I give to a young professional or young person in the profession, I, I think regardless of which part of economic development intrigues you, you've got to know the finances. It's it's really, for me, all starts and ends with, with the finances and understanding the financial impact of your solution to a prospect, um, not just how do incentives impact a solution, but all elements of, uh, of your solution to a company. Um, we love to talk about workforce, but why is a quality workforce important and how does a quality workforce impact the margin for a manufacturer? Um, does the company, is the company funded through private dollars and they have limited runway and we've got to think of the most creative way to spend that? Uh, is the company publicly traded and we're thinking about, you know, how much debt do they want to take on? Do they want to take on any debt? Do they want to 
How are they going to report this? What does their investor, their ownership want to see in the return of a new facility? And being able to relate what you're doing through the lens of finance, I think is really an incredibly important piece in this profession. Fantastic. And Ryan, and also looking back uh, to last year when we were at the IDC annual conference in Nashville, we had an awesome session, awesome panel session with Alex Metzger from Next Move Group, Danielle Casey from Albuquerque, Shannon Landauer from Iowa City Corridor, Iowa Lakes Corridor, I should say. And we, we talked a little bit about the executive search process and, and the, I guess, executive recruitment process and, and how you landed in BRF to begin with. I know you were in Bend, Oregon for a while and you were also in Mississippi and also in the private sector. Talk about the experience, the interview process, and through with with Next Move Group, maybe other recruiters that ultimately had you land in Shreveport and the BRF. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I'm glad that I've listened to a po- couple podcasts, so I think that Next Move Group has sponsored in the past. So I'm glad that I can um, say it with a clear, clear conscience, and, and you guys know that, that Next Move Group placed me in this role. Um, but I was working as a as a sales manager for a climbing company in Bend, Oregon, so private sector. Uh, manufacturer that was owned by a publicly traded conglomerate and Chad at Next Move Group contacted me and said, hey, there's this business recruitment, business development role in, in Shreveport, Louisiana at BRF. And I think you should really take a look at it. I think it would be interesting to you. And I, I told him, use some choice words that I won't repeat on your podcast. Um, but I really didn't think that I was going to be interested in the role. And Chad had a couple more conversations and said, no, I, I think you should take a look at this. I think that you, this is something that you'd be really interested in. And, and so I did. I started digging into the group and had some conversations with Chad first and um, then had some conversations with our company leadership. And um, as I started to, to take a closer look and have more conversations, I was really intrigued by BRF's approach to economic development. Um, BRF is a very results-oriented group that isn't afraid to take action on problems and take action on, on gaps they see in the community. Um, and really one of the, the thing that sealed the deal for me was just having a conversation with the BRF leadership because the BRF leadership in my interviews didn't focus just on job creation or a tax base, but they focused on wealth creation and how do we um, create wealth for people in the community of Shreveport and Bossier. And Shreveport has so many assets that, that can lend itself to company recruitment. It wasn't a community issue, um, it, but the, the organization itself was really what drew me in back to economic development, even because the way that they talk about um, identifying problems and taking bold action and, um, and really creating wealth through economic development, not just, you know, Going to a, going to a football game and saying that we did some recruitment, but really being results oriented in the way that they want to make an impact in the community. Moving on to the next question, so BRF is involved in many initiatives uh, such as the Entrepreneurial Accelerator Program, Adventures, and Shreveport Next, uh, which all seem very interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about these initiatives and how they positively impact the community? Yeah, absolutely. So we we do operate. Um, like six different initiatives at the BRF and we all, but they all fall into one of three buckets, either starting companies, recruiting companies or retaining companies. And that's how we view um, all the work that we do. So we have Intertech, which is our science park. We own a 60 acre, roughly 60 acre science park with about 400,000 square feet of really specialized real estate um, in the bio and tech space. We have the entrepreneurial accelerator program, which 
helps local entrepreneurs scale companies and grow companies. And um, uh, it, the Entrepreneurial Accelerator Program is also the managing member of the new Louisiana Angel Fund, so we can provide capital to companies. Um, we run a digital media school that that uh, teaches did animation, visual effects, and then game design and, and coding um, to provide a pipeline of talent. We run um, K-12 STEM education programs to get high school seniors experience in real um, university labs to be doing real labs, lab research and, and understanding lab protocol before they, they go off to college. Um, and all of that is viewed through that, that lens of start companies, recruit companies, retain companies. We're, we're helping entrepreneurs start companies. Shreveport Next lives really closely or really really directly in that recruit bucket. That's that's what we do every day is talk to companies and see if there's an opportunity to recruit them or recruit a portion of the business industry for it. And then a huge portion of that is, is retention too, of uh, making sure that, again, the real estate is there, making sure that the workforce is there, making sure that, that the capital is there, whatever that piece is to, to keep companies in the community, which I know a lot of a lot of economic development groups say the same thing, but, but we, we get to do it through some pretty creative outlets. Great. So I guess that sort of ties into the next question, um, you know, kind of when it comes to the overall mission statement of BRF. Uh, perhaps you could tell us, you know, in your words, what you think you know, sets BRF apart from other, uh, econ- other similar economic development organizations. Yeah, so the, the core values of BRF that are, you know, literally on the walls of our lobby are innovation, collaboration, problem solving, and bold action. And the one that we really take to heart and is the most important to BRF and our leadership is is that bold action. Um, we're not afraid to take action and solve problems, and that's both historical and forward-looking. Pierre um, founded the first pet imaging center in the state of Louisiana in the 90s because we knew that there was no access to for the research community and they needed that access to pet imaging facilities. And now that we just opened a new $20 million center for molecular imaging and therapy that um, provides research capabilities and clinical capabilities and radiopharmaceutical manufacturing capabilities all under one roof. And it's one of three, I think, private facilities in all of America with those those. Uh, those capabilities, the the capital piece is is really big for us. Our CEO, um, Dr. John George, when he took over, realized that there wasn't a great, there wasn't an organized uh, organized capital group here to provide capital to startup companies. So BRF organized the region's first angel fund, uh, the new Louisiana Angel Fund, and and we're now on our third fund for that. But just the first fund, um, the portfolio companies raised nearly $33 million in capital, and that's capital that didn't exist and capital that wasn't injected into companies before they, they took action to organize that. And then uh, on the retention side, the governor of Louisiana back in 2012-13 privatized the teaching hospitals, and um, Shreveport is a, is a major healthcare center, and we have a, a teaching hospital as part of the, the med school here in Shreveport, and um, BRF took over the med school and, and took over the, uh, a whole chain of teaching hospitals while, while they transitioned those to, to a private private entity. Um, so it's that bold action is really the key piece. And I think where what distinguishes BRF from other groups is, is um, we're not afraid to, to take on some risk in things. And there are a lot of groups that we meet with or groups I've worked for in the past that 
probably more appropriate to say, where they would love to help you and we definitely want to engage with you if you can check all of these boxes. And if you've raised the capital for a facility and your board has approved it and uh, you know the staffing plan for the facility and you know exactly what your real estate requirements are, then once you get all those boxes checked and you can answer that really clearly, then we're willing to engage and see if we can help. And and BRF is willing to take a much more hands-on approach to that. If you need capital, we'll help you raise capital. If you need to understand the hiring plans, we can help build that out for you. If you want to uh, if, if we need to talk about debt financing as part of the capital, we can connect you to the right players there. We're, we're not limited to just, you know, this is the box and this is what we play in. We're, we're really creative in the ways that we want to help help the prospects and, and companies that we work with. Sounds like you guys are, you know, extremely flexible and are just generally a great partner to companies, a great partner to businesses and really, really go above and beyond to give Shreveport an advantage. Yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting, Adam. I mean, we, we, I don't know if we're, um, we're, we're certainly not the only person or the only group that does economic development in, in Shreveport, Bossier, and there are groups that do it really well here, and, and we want to give credit where credit is due. Um, there are New Louisiana Economic or North Louisiana Economic Partnership. They, they do a really good job of um, doing a lot of the infrastructure work and making sure that sites are ready for big prospects that come in. And when a site selector comes or a, a state co- state organization comes and says, hey, we have a, a big mega project and we need someone to, to field this, they do a really good job with that. I think BRF um, works really hard to kind of fill in the pieces and fill in the gaps that maybe aren't always addressed. And, and how do we work with true SMEs um, and maybe companies that aren't aren't traditionally going through that site selection process, and especially at Shreveport Next, that's why we exist, is to identify those companies and have face-to-face conversation um, before they get to a point, or, or if companies that are not ready to get to a point of using a, a site selection consultant or working through a state organization, uh, maybe they're not comfortable with that, maybe they don't know all the resources there, and, and we try to engage with them um, early on and, and just be supplemental and try and try and you know really have a complete strategy for our whole region for economic development. Now, uh, Ryan, you took on this role uh, right at the beginning of the COVID nineteen pandemic in July of twenty twenty, and of course, one of your key directives from your leadership is to meet companies face to face at their headquarters, which is obviously really challenging in twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. What have been some of the biggest challenging challenges during the COVID uh, during the early part of the COVID p- pandemic and to this date, and how have you adapted? Can you share some examples with our listeners? Yeah, COVID was really interesting um, because it certainly was a challenge traveling more um, for some of the different state regulations and country regulations. I remember, I think one of the first trips I did was was to Chicago to meet with some companies and um, Chicago at the time was limiting travel and not allowing travel. If you were um, in, in a county that had high or a county or state maybe that had more than X percentage of, of case of your population testing positive. And so it was a lot of flexibility and, and being really quick to adapt to changing circumstances and, and you know, being able to, to change path and, 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 and adjust accordingly. Um, for the actual companies we met with, COVID was, I don't want to say a blessing because it's, COVID certainly wasn't a blessing, but it was really interesting to see the shift um, because during the height of the pandemic, if, if 
we were going to come and, and visit your facility and you were willing to open your doors and invite me in and sit down and have a conversation, we knew that there's probably something that you wanted to talk about. People weren't, um, there, there were far fewer exploratory conversations and much more conversations rooted in, hey, we need to do something and we've got a problem that we need to fix and, and can you help us find a solution for it? So you're known for being highly results-oriented, uh, as well as a firm believer in the power of analytics. Which key business development and organizational tools have helped you since being appointed business development leader at BRF? Yeah, that's a, a great question, and, and I would uh, really take that as a compliment, so I appreciate it, because we really do try and back every decision we make with data. Um, I love the Clive Humby quote, who's a British mathematician who was, ended up working for a marketing firm and um, is often credited with the quote, data is the new oil. Um, and that's not only where people stop, but it goes on a little further. And, and the, the full quote is data is the new oil. It's valuable, but if unrefined, it cannot really be used. And that's the approach that we take is, is wanting to dig dig deep and, and interpret as much data as we can to make um, really good decisions and take really targeted shots at prospects and, and do a really good job with our, our communication in that. Um, our tech stack is a lot of business intelligence software. Um, it's got a healthy dose of communications and relationship management tools, but but heavily weighted towards business intelligence. And that's um, hiring pieces to, to understand how, how are companies hiring? Um, what is their hiring plan? What positions do they have open? Can we identify that to see if there's a, a fit there? It's understanding capital raise. It's understanding um, real estate constraints. It's diving into 10Ks. I mean, we, we, we're really heavy on, on, the, on the data side and, and with our tech stack on the data side. And, and some tools are easier to use than others. Um, one of the products that you guys offer, we, we have, so we, we use FDI 365 and it's really intuitive and provides a lot of really good data. And then there are some other tools that require a little more digging and we've got to put a little more, uh, time into development. Um, but even Excel is a powerful tool for us and, and it's amazing how little techniques and little things can go such a long way. You know, just, just learning how to use VLOOKUPs or having, learning how to, Building regression formulas can be a huge benefit to economic developers and their their data analysis and the way that they, they view um, view the data they work with for prospects. Now, Ryan, uh, as mentioned, you're in year two, finishing year two. I can't believe it. It'd be it seems like yesterday you were hired. Uh, can you talk about some of the most significant wins you've had over the last 24 months and what you could share with our listeners? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's we, we've been rocking and rolling, and, and we've seen a lot of activity thanks to thanks to our partners and, and um, thanks to the partners that we work with, including Research FDI. And um, from in the last 24 months, we've relocated a software company that we identified in, in Chicago. We acquired it and moved it. Um, we've invested in three additional tech-based companies. Two of those have offices um, in Shreveport already and are, are also working with local universities to increase the research spend and the research dollar spend in Shreveport. Um, trying to, again, take, take win projects and identify prospects that can really create wealth and have a, have a large multiplier effect. Um, but one of the greatest accomplishments that we talk about, aside from, besides the four companies that are currently here um, from our efforts, is 
just the exposure that we get for Shreveport and the exposure we're able to, to provide for the Shreveport Bossier region. There are 207 executives as of yesterday that we've met with, uh, and those are 207 companies that the Shreveport Bossier region region didn't have a seat at the table for until we started this effort. Um, and so that's a huge win for us is just gaining name recognition and gaining notoriety and letting people know that um, the shreveport Bossier region is actively interested in, in pursuing projects. Now, uh, you're so pro- you've talked about using proactive tools. You're very proactive in recruiting companies. Could you share some best practices with some of our listeners who are considering maybe using lead generation? How could you best turn lead generation prospects into wins? Could you share some of your secret sauce with uh, our listeners out there? Yeah, I, mean, I think if you're thinking about lead generation services, it's a great way um, to leverage your dollars for leverage organizational dollars and into activity and wins for for your organization. Um, I I would say for us, we are really specific and sometimes have to apologize to our account executives um, at some of the organizations that work for us for for how demanding we can be on the data side. And it's knowing what you can perform and knowing what you can can win. Um, On the front end, we say play the hand you're dealt, not the hand you wish you had. So look at the assets that you have and take high percentage shots um, and and engage with those companies that that you think you have a story to tell that they would be receptive to. And on the back end, it's good follow-up and thorough communication. It's Projects aren't one in a meeting. Projects aren't one in a week. It's a, a long relationship cycle. It's a long sales cycle to win these projects and, and make sure that you're um, performing good diligence because the best lead generation company or the best lead generation team in the world um, can provide great prospects and great contacts. But if we're not doing the proper follow-up, if we're not nurturing the leads the way that, the way that you should, all of that money, you know, is for naught, or all of that team is for naught. So uh, that's my. That's a really long-winded answer to say. I think you you play the hand you're dealt, and you do really good follow-up and identifying what a prospect's needs are. Awesome. So uh, if anyone if anyone out there wants to reach you, what's the best way to reach you at BRF? Yeah, send me an email, ryan.culp at brfla.org, or check us out. You know, we have a website here in 2022. It's brfla.org or shreveportnext.com. Um, would love to engage. I'm always happy to share. I, I Like I said, I keep getting pulled back into the field of economic development and, and love to learn the ways that we can be better. Um, if, if we're doing something if there's a better way to do it, we want to know. If there's a better way to interpret data, we want to know. And if you want to know how we do it, I'm happy to share what I can. Awesome. Ryan, thanks for taking the time to come on. We appreciate it. We know you're busy, especially with little one running around at home. We appreciate you taking the time and we'll set that look forward to seeing you on the road soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. You can find us on the web at www.researchfdi.com, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter at ResearchFDI. Tune in next week as we have another guest from the economic development world. 